Hello there. I'm Dungeon Lord Jay. I'm going to be your dungeon master for this evening. I'm running a little adventure. It's called Waterdeep Dragon Heist for these four amazing players. We'll be meeting their characters very shortly. I'm super stoked to get into it. I'm Dungeon Lord Jay, and this is Quest. Welcome to the grand city of Waterdeep, the city of splendors, the crown jewel of the north. This sprawling metropolis stands as the epicenter of culture, commerce, and civilization along the Sword Coast. Despite its radiant beauty, sinister plots brew in its underbelly. Violence spills from the darkest streets of the city to its major thoroughfare as something wicked begins to stir. The moon casts its glow upon the rooftops and streets. Sweeping across the picturesque city skyline, we settle on a three-story building with a gray slate roof. A signboard hanging from chains on a black iron pole identify this place as the Yawning Portal. As a haggard dock worker opens the door, warm firelight spills out onto the street. Inside is a bustling tap room that hosts many people from all walks of life, indulging in shadow-dark ale, breaking bread, and making merry. The three floors of the Yawning Portal are visible from the bottom, leading to a grandiose yet crowded ambiance. Well-worn boards cover the floor, and rich blue tapestries cover the wood-paneled walls. Stout wooden tables and a bar in the back surround a 40-foot diameter well in the center of the room. Moving through the crowd and around the well, we reach a large stone fireplace carved in the likeness of a monstrous mouth. We see our adventurers. You all are sitting around a sturdy wooden table and it's lit by a brightly burning candle and littered with plates cleared of the free food that Durnan, the barkeep, offered you in exchange for slaying some giant rats in the cellar of the yawning portal. In the center of the room, I didn't like stress this enough, there is a giant 40-foot-wide well that just descends into utter darkness down there. We see the group of you sitting around a table. Why don't you describe your character? I'm Talon Rowan. I'm 21. I have long curly violet hair and curling ram horns, and my skin is a beautiful cobalt blue. What's your vibe while you're sitting at the table? I would definitely be listening to Three Strings, listening for any melodies and stories that he's telling. I'm Eltior Femelin, a copper-haired high elf draped in dark clothing with fringe hanging off the shoulders and the arms. Like a cowboy outfit? <laughs> Very ostentatious, even though it's black. Exactly, yeah, he's got to hide in the shadows, but got to do it nice. I am Cameron Ezekiel Leone. I am of gray skin, jet black eyes, uh, short, very like crew cut-ish black hair, not super tall, and all of my attire looks like it was bought secondhand, but very nice. Kind of like a little hole in a suit jacket pocket kind of thing. I am Magic Dan, the practical magic man. I am wearing a flowing green robe with a little 
pointy green hat, very traditional style, uh, a big red ginger beard that kind of extends down to about half my chest, and I'm currently playing with a small gray cat. So the group of you are sitting around. You said you have gray skin? Mm-hmm. What color is your hair? Jet black. So it's gray skin, jet black, mm-hmm. jet black eyes. That's dope. Yeah, it's the typical changeling. They know me as my regular form, and since I've been in the yawning portal for a little while, like I've obviously changed shapes while I've been here. I want to be like my regular self here and then different people elsewhere. You have just finished the free meal that Dernan has sort of provided for you. What would you guys like be kicking it? Are you about to get going? Like what, what's the vibe? What are you guys doing? I think I'm genuinely staring at the cat that Magic Dan has because I didn't know he got that in the divorce. Dan, isn't that your wife's cat? No, she got to keep Isabella. I got me Salini. That's right. You're my little prince. Now, Salini. I'm moving my finger back and forth in front of the cat's face as it just kind of watches me like I'm stupid. What about Talon and L? What would you guys be like doing? I would definitely be fascinated with the cat and just looking at it in an astute way. I could care less about the cat. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for three strings to play a jaunty little tune to get out on the dance floor. As three strings, you see him sort of finish whatever he was doing, and you can see that three, three strings has people around, but he's not doing his usual good songs. All of the noise in the tavern is eclipsed by this loud shout. You fucking pig! You like killing me mates, does ya? You sort of turn over to where you hear the sound, and there is this seven-foot-tall half-orc. Magic Dan, you would recognize this half-orc. And who else is friends with... You're friends with Yagra? You both would recognize that as Yagra Stonefist, this gray-skinned half-orc, as she just gets punched straight in the face a wild punch from this human male who's got a shaved head and is the top of his head is covered with a bunch of eyeball tattoos and he just punches her straight in the face there are four other humans sort of standing behind him in these black cloaks like they're about to get into the fight too and yagra will wipe the blood off her mouth and crack her knuckles what would you guys like to do Oh, damn, Yagra. (laughs) Magic Dan kind of straightens out his cloak a little. (laughs) She will growl angrily at this guy and start beating into him. And suddenly there's a whole crowd that surrounds around this fight and you can no longer see it. What would you guys like to do? I'd like to stand up from the table and make my way to the circle. You can try to push through the crowd a little bit and make your way through. What about everybody else? I'm going to follow suit. Yeah, I would definitely want to see this fight. Absolutely. I would grab Tay just slightly by the shoulders and say, my friend, this is assault at least. I need you to understand that if you are not acting in self-defense and get involved in this, this could be a little hairy for all of us. I just want to watch. You guys get to where the fight is, and you can see that Yagra is now beating the pulp out of this dude with the, with the eyeball tattoos on his head, right? And as you get closer, you can also see that the four guys that were sort of came in with him, like his posse, a couple of them have their hands sort of tucked into their robes. Um, why doesn't everybody make me a perception check? 18. 15. You both see 
the sort of glint of iron beneath their robes. It looks like they're about to draw swords. Yagra is unarmed. She's just beating the pulp out of this guy. Is there anything you would like to do at this point? I'd like to step in the circle, and I'm going to look at the three other guys. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Three Strings was about to play, and he was going to play my song. So I don't know what you think you're doing, but don't. Make a persuasion check. I want to see how this goes over. Twelve. One of the guys that was drawing swords, these sort of lackeys. So there's five in total of these guys. One of them has the eyeball tattoos. One of them has an eye patch. One of them has a handkerchief that's sort of pulled up, like a big scarf, you know, pulled up. And they're all wearing black. Another one of the guys is, like, big and burly. He's a little taller than the rest of them. And then there's this, like, skinny little lanky guy who's sort of, like, in the back. The big burly guy steps up towards you. Get out of here now. I kind of want to jump right behind L and say, um, now listen, my friends, this is clearly an aggravated assault, but if we can take a step back before this becomes outright murder and we all spend years in the prison in Waterdeep, maybe talk this out a little You get punched in the face by this big burly guy. I need you to roll initiative. 12 for Cam. Nine. Five. You guys are on fire. <laughs> I, I got a 12. 15. Ooh, All right, Magic, magic Dan. Dan magic His girl's Dan. getting beat. This big burly guy, like, punches Cam in the face. The other guys draw out their swords, and they're like, fuck this, let's kill the bitch. And they start going in towards Yagra. Yagra is not able to defend herself right now because she's punching this other guy in the face. Magic Dan, you are the first to sort of react in this scenario. What would you like to do? I'm going to hit the burly one with a firebolt. Okay. Ooh, 22. You hit. Describe what it looks like when you use your magic. Like, what does your magic look like? What does the firebolt look like? Circle hands, create one, like, in between my palms, and then kind of just, like, push it out flat hand style. It comes streaking across the bar. One of the patrons has to duck underneath of it, but it strikes into this big burly dude, and he gets blasted back. How much damage? Six. That singes off his beard and eyebrows and hair. He is completely blown back by this. He's got blackened all over his face. Um, he is bloodied, which means he is at half hit points or lower. You stay away from that sexy orc woman. Is that Magic Dan? That's Magic Dan the Thirsty Man. <laughs> Cam, you're up next. What would you like to do? You just got punched in the face. I'm going to look at the man who hit me in the face and say... He's got black face and eyebrows gone. For such a big man, you have awfully soft hands. And I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery. Oh, wow. He got a natural one. Let's go. Uh, you really, really hurt his feelings. I want to say this to him, and I want him to almost like be so reeled back he trips and like cracks his neck on the table. Almost not me killing him. It's like he's so taken aback by what so he said. So I think what happens is... You say this to him, and we sort of get a flashback. And it's him as a little tiny ugly child. He, he's watching his mother, like, bake. And he says, Mommy, you have such soft hands. And then he gets shunted back to blasted back. And just the last thing that he thinks about is his mother. Oh, man, that, that one hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right, Taylin, you're up next. All right. I would turn to the one closest to the orc being attacked and I would cast Witch Bolt on it. Okay, that is the guy with the handkerchief that's sort of pulled up over his face. And you want to cast a Witch Bolt? Okay, I think that's an attack roll. 22 to hit. That certainly hits. 
what does it look like when you do that? So I'm going to point my staff at them. At the end of my staff, it starts to light up blue and crackling. And all of a sudden, a lightning bolt just shoots out of it straight towards them. A lightning bolt shoots out of the end of your staff, and it continues to stay there as you're just zapping the crap out of this guy. You can tell that the this fight has gotten a lot more intense than some of the bar patrons were expecting, and they begin spreading out, making the circle bigger, and leaving those of you who are still in the fray in the middle of this circle. L, what would you like to do? Is the guy with the eye patch still available? Yes, he is. In fact, he's drawing his sword, getting ready to get it into Yagra. All right, so as soon as I see him go to pull out the sword, I walk up to him, and I pull out a white glove, and I slap him across the face with it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and then I moonwalk two steps, and then I stab him with my rapier. Very good. Make an attack roll. You moonwalk backwards, stab into this guy. It pierces right through his leather armor. How much damage did you do? Seven. I just tuck the glove back into my belt. <laughs> the one with the eyeball, he struggles to get out from underneath of Yagra, and he manages to do so. His nose is bleeding, his eye is swollen shut. He reaches around to, to grab onto a rapier, but his hands are slippery with his own blood. He can't manage right now, so he pushes one of his lackeys out in front of him and sort of moves into the crowd uh, to get away from her. Yagra sort of stands up and be like, come back here, and she starts to chase after him. And as she's like running after him, she gives like a sly sort of look at Magic Dan and then continues running after him. Dan, I have so many questions for you later. Thick thighs can take lives too. So the one that's fighting L is going to draw out his uh, scimitar and slash out at you. You stab into him, he'll grab the wound and just slash out at you furiously. Grazes across your armor, nicking your neck. Better not ruin this jacket. Handkerchief is going to shift his way through the crowd to try to attack you. He got a 22. So he will run as this lightning is still arcing towards him. You can see his hair frying. The whole place smells of ozone. And he's going to slash out at you with this sort of electrically charged scimitar. <laughs> uh, Magic Dan, you are up. Yeah, I'm going to take the guy's uh, sword out real quick and cast Catapult. Catapult basically hurls an object at any direction that I want, and I'm going to throw it at the guy trying to make a run for it from Yagra. He fails, so you strike him. Roll the damage, which is, holy crap, 3d8. Damn, 19. Holy crap, you would have killed him with just that. Do you kill him, or do you try to knock him out? The knife goes spinning through the air just like a friggin' razor, hits him right dead center in one of the eyes in the back of his head, and he just falls flat, dead weights right to the ground. <laughs> Yagrol will sort of be running after him and stop, grab onto him, and, and start to drag him back towards the center of this sort of fight. Oh, my God, I didn't think it worked that well. Seeing that, the three remaining thugs are going to start going into panic mode. Their their boss and their big muscly guy just got eviscerated in the, the span of about six seconds. They're starting to panic a little bit. Is there anything else you would like to do in your turn, Magic Dan? Just look around and just be like, I think I got him. Cam, what would you like to do? So there are three of them left. I'm going to look at the one, I guess, closest to the door. I guess the one trying to flee the most. I think the one trying to flee the most hasn't been hit yet. It's the scrawny dude. 
You said there were only three of them left? Correct. I am going to <sighs> take a deep yawn. Um, and I'm going to look to them and say, don't you know yawns are contagious? And I'm going to cast sleep. <laughs> that was really good. Okay, roll it up. It's what's 5 That is 29. All of them fall asleep. Do you, how big is the radius on it? Uh, sleep is... Oh, but it's crowded. It is 90-foot 90, 90 range, creatures within 20 feet of a point. Okay, we're going to do something that I like to do. It's called a luck die. So what I want you to do is roll a d6, but before you do that, I need you to pick one, even or odd. Oh, I'm going to go I'm going to go evens. That is an odd. Okay, so here's what happens. You aim it for the scrawny guy, but you manage to catch all three of these sort of bandits in this in the sphere of it without sort of harming your friends. Um, what you didn't necessarily think of is how crowded this place is. So Two of them, the eye patch and the handkerchief in the near vicinity of you, immediately drop completely asleep. As does several other random patrons who just drop down completely unconscious. However, the scrawny guy makes his way towards the door. He hasn't quite made it there yet, but he is going to escape. Is there anything else you would like to do, Cam? I am going to... Look to Tay and say, well, we have justification now, so I don't believe it's fully murder. Do what you need to do, and I'm going to give you a bardic inspiration. I appreciate that. L is up next. I'm going to start running, jump off one of the tables, and as I get within range, I'm going to cast Booming Blade and get the guy in the back of the neck. It's a 16. That hits. That's eight points of damage. He's bleeding out bad, so describe to me what this looks like. As I jump and I skewer him, the blade starts to vibrate with that thunder energy in it. And as soon as he punctures him, that it's almost like a shockwave goes down the blade and into him. He starts to vibrate. So if he decides to take another step, that's when the thunder damage is going to come in. And he's just going to keep running. So roll He takes damage. another three damage. So as he takes that next step, the vibrating stops. So it almost looks like he's like, oh, it didn't work this internal ripple just explodes out and you just hear this big concussive blast and then it like almost implodes and drops. What the bloody hell? There is a lot of traumatized patrons right now. Suddenly, shouts of alarm ring out. Unrelated to the carnage that you have wrought here, from the side of the well, we will get like a long, crooked, green finger with sharp black claws that sort of curl over the lip of this well that's 40 foot wide and descends into darkness. Slowly sort of pulling itself up is a hulking creature with warty green skin, a tangled sort of nest of wiry black hair, long carrot-shaped nose and bloodshot eyes, and it just jumps into the tavern. The ground sort of rumbles as it lands, and it lets out this horrifying howl. As you guys will see, a troll has just pulled itself up from the well, and as soon as he sort of howls out, chaos and people are running around and the troll just like swings its arms wildly we get the Wilhelm scream as one guy gets knocked into the well and this thing is raising all kinds of hell everyone in the tavern is like freaking out except for one person the barkeep Durnan 
who just brushes his hands and shouts, Troll! You guys are pretty freaking close to this troll who has just emerged from the underbelly of Undermountain. You will see that as he sort of approached, three sort of bat-like creatures, um, almost as if a mosquito was a bat. They have these long proboscis snouts. They like flutter up with him, and there's a couple of them attached to his body, like they're draining his blood. And as soon as he gets up and starts raising hell, they're like swollen and full of blood, so they f they fly back down the well. Gross. Dernan will grab his magical greatsword from underneath the bar, toss it on his shoulder, and jump over the bar and just start heading like a like an anime protagonist with his sword sort of dragging on the ground a little bit, and he's gonna try to swipe up at the troll. I need oil, oil, please, oil. And he points over at like a lantern on the wall. Do I hear him yelling this? You do. I run over and I grab the lantern. I think I know what you're trying to do. And I use catapult on it and launch it. And you're going to throw it at the troll? Yes. 12. Okay, he fails. The troll fails. You toss with magic, toss this sort of lantern, and it smashes on the troll. And as soon as the oil gets ignited on this troll's flesh, it begins going haywire. Absolutely nuts. It's throwing all kinds of chairs and tables around, and Dernan is dodging underneath of it and stabbing into it. I look at Dernan, and I go, Man, that wasn't a great plan. He seems way more mad. It's going to work. It's going to work. And uh, roll my damage. 23. Okay, it's a 3d8. Yeah. It was a good plan. Look at him now. It is now the troll's turn. So it will start slashing out at uh, Dernan. And you will notice that the fire that had scorched it before, it sort of burned away some of its hair and some of its, you know, warts and stuff like that. But at the start of this turn, its wounds are like stitching themselves together. As if a troll can sort of heal itself unless fire is sort of put on them. And I think, Magic Dan, it makes sense to you now. That's why he wanted the oil. The troll will slash out at Dernan. Dernan will dodge back a little bit and lop off the entire troll's arm that begins crawling on the ground towards Magic Dan. It is now Magic Dan's turn. What would you like to do? Ah, hands off! <laughs> Seems a little handsy tonight. I'm going to cast Acid Splash at the uh, advancing hand. It begins to float and then pops on the ground and sizzles the entire, sizzles the ground, right? And you can see Dernan, who is in mid-combat with this troll, be like, Quit ruining my floor! Sorry, sorry, I had an idea. It did not work. Dernan is going to take his greatsword, wheel it around a little bit, and just drive it right into the troll. And as it sort of punctures through the back of it, the troll grabs onto the sword and pulls Dernan in closer. And it begins to like, almost like it's gonna fall backwards and take Dernan with it. I look at Dernan and I cast Featherfall. You can cast Featherfall? Magic initiate. So Dernan is slow motion shot, definitely. Dernan is like falling backwards. This troll is like dead now. It's missing an arm. It's like disgusting. And it's holding on to Dernan. Your eyes meet Dernan's. I look him right in the eyes and I go, no. And then it just like these spectral like feathers come out of his hand and just float over to him and then just land and like coat him. The troll will smash into the wall. Bricks and rocks and stuff will fall from the wall. Uh, 
the wall around the well will break and smash, right? And the troll will just descend into the darkness. And we sort of see both of them tumble over the side. The camera sort of follows after it and turns upwards and we can see down the well. And there you see Dernan sort of slowly falling and he grabs onto a, a loose brick on the wall very slowly and looks up towards the top of the well. However, in the chaos, you will notice that the thugs that were asleep are no longer there. In the chaos, they may have gotten awakened or, or what have you and made their escape. After Dernan sort of pulls himself over, there is a cheer that spreads across the entire bar as all of the patrons who are hiding under tables and in the bathrooms and holding on, to, you know, under the staircases, they all start coming out and cheering for you guys. Some of them begin to sort of rush towards you to congratulate you or shake your hand. But before they make their way to you, Dernan has adjusted himself and he'll sort of approach you and just say, You fought well. I was not expecting troll today. Is that a Wednesday thing? It happens on occasion. I don't really mean to ruin the moment, but I'm bleeding out here. I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder and say, you're going to be fine, Eltior. And I'm going to hit him with a healing word. I am going to be fine. You get sassy with me, so I'm just going to... real loud sigh and just walk away from you. Are we not going to do anything about the blood on the shirt? I got you. And walk up and cast press the digitation on him. You see a bunch of little soapy bubbles just go out and start eating away at all the grime on him. Before you guys can even like make any more conversation, you are just bum rushed by people. Um, they are all trying to shake your hand and congratulate you. Drinks are shoved into your hands. Um, how do you react to this? Taylor would be overjoyed and shaking everyone's hands that are running up to him and thanking them and shot after shot. I think I like back up because I'm like. Oh, poor people. I think I'm going to try and sneak away from the crowd. Like, I don't want to be involved in this at all. Uh, I'm looking around for Gagra. She is here, but she has made her way to the back. It appears that she doesn't like big crowds like this. Oh, get out of my way. I just got to gotta make sure Yagra's okay. All right, hey, just get the, get the hell out of my way. And I start trying to, like, push my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, you push your way over to Yagra, um, and you can see her leaning uh, against a table um, where she currently has her, her mace that she uses to, like, beat people up. This She just didn't have it on her person at the time. Oh, Yagra, are you all right there? I, there's uh, quite a spot you found yourself in. I hate to see you get all beat up there. Uh, I'm, I'm okay, thank you. I, I really appreciate your help, Magic Dan. Anytime there. Any, can I buy you a drink? Uh, they're apparently handing them out to me. I, I think I should lay low for a little while. Maybe we'll talk soon. All right. Well, who are them fellers anyway? Like I said, we'll talk soon. And I just give like a wink. <laughs> she will grab her like cloak off the table and her mace and pull, pop the hood and just start to walk out um, trying to lay low. Um, as you, as Cam is trying to sort of sneak away through the crowd, you hear a voice that says, Oh, ex excuse me, please move out of my way. You can see that pushing through the crowd, almost beelining it towards you, like you guys are going to meet in the middle. You can see this five foot tall, maybe five foot two, a uh, human man. He's got this big bushy beard that's sort of well combed. He wears this massive beret with like a feather coming out of it. And he's got very elegant clothes on. He will like push through the crowd and he will see you. 
Cam trying to make your way out. And they say, oh, it's good to see you. Uh, I, I needed to speak to you and your friends. And who might you be? You don't recognize me. My friend, it has been a long, long night. <laughs> he seems to be, like, bewildered by this. The rest of you guys will see Cam sort of talking to this little short man. Would you guys like to approach as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, I grab one of the drinks somebody's offering to me as I go. Oh, there you all are. It is very good to see you. Uh, I, I need to uh, discuss a matter with you. You are very good uh, uh, fighters. Uh, I think you are just the type of people I'm uh, looking for. Who are you? What do you want? You don't recognize me. Oh, sure, I, I, I recognize you. You're, come on, everybody, you know it. Come on, just say who you are to the fellas. They, they're not going to believe it when you say it. It's me, uh, uh, Volo. Volo Thampa Goodarm. Volvo, remember Volvo? Yes, I told. I heard you. I don't know about these fellers. Very good. Let Let us have a seat. Uh, I, I would like to talk to you. Yeah, let's go have a drink with Volvo over here. It, it's It's a Volvo. Are Are you Volvo. buying drinks? Uh there is a uh, drinks all around. I don't like free. Oh, uh, yes. I I can get you a drink. Uh, sure. Fine. So you all move to a table. I will uh, introduce myself again. Uh, I am a Volo, a Volothan Pagudarm. Um, you, you may have uh, heard of me. Uh, I'm a writer, uh, a chronicler, uh, esteemed uh, a critic. Uh, haven't you heard of my book, right? My book? I've seen it in a library once. Volo's Guide to Monsters. You, you've seen it, right? Oh, yeah, I've, I remember. Uh, the... I used to apprentice under a feller. He had a he had a volume of that. Yeah, it's a good book, uh, if I say so myself. Uh, I have a copy uh, right here. And he will take out this like giant freaking tome from just like a side satchel. It fills the entire side satchel, and he'll sort of slam it on the table, and it's just dust flies out of it, and it's this massive disorganized sort of book. And he will say, uh, "I'm selling the copies right now, uh, ten gold, if you want one." I'll, I'll even assign it for you. Uh, you know what? I'm a little light on the gold right now, but it's it's still pretty impressive. You're you're lugging that thing around. I gotta say, I always enjoyed the illustrations of uh some of the creatures. Yeah, I I am the uh, illustrator too. I'm a man of uh, many talents. So, are you looking for a publishing deal, or what are you here for? Did you want me to sign it? You don't want my autograph. Sure, would I? I can't deal. I can't. I just can't. I still uh, haven't got to your names. Well, I'm Palin. Oh, I'm uh, Magic Dan, the Practical Magic Man. Uh, Travel these parts coming up with the most practical magical solutions. That sounds good, I, I think. This is my little furry prince, Miasolini. Come over here. And then Miasolini just kind of runs over and jumps onto the table. And I start kind of doing my thing with the index finger over his face. Like, oh, there's Miasolini. Volo presents a sort of air of false uh, entertainment by this. He's, oh, yes, that's very good. I, I love cats. Yes, uh, Miasolini is uh, my little partner and a little gentleman. He's a getting a hair on my book. Yeah, he does that. And you? Well, you approached me. You don't recognize me? I, I've seen the, uh, the fight with the... I'm going to turn myself... In like an instant, into like a very Picasso bastardized version of Volo, 
What? You don't recognize me? I'm a Volvo. What the kind of magically? Magic I'm going to turn myself back like real fast and say, so we should get down to business then. I'm L. Just L. Nice to meet, uh, to meet all of you, uh, including this cat. I, I trust that uh, you've all noticed uh, the violence in our fair city these past uh, ten days. Yeah, here's getting really bad. Hey, real quick, Cam, never do that thing you did to him to me, please. <laughs> that was terrifying. I promise I'll never do that, and then I'll wink at you. Back back to you, Volvo. It's a Volvo? That's what he said. A Volvo Thampagadon. Volvo Tapatino, yes. Uh, anyways, uh, I uh, the, the streets have, uh, have been very violent uh, these past ten days. Uh, I haven't seen so much blood since my last visit to Boulder's Gate. Uh, but now, uh, well, I fear I may have uh, misplaced a friend uh, amid all of this um, odious malevolence. Uh, I am in great need of uh, some help uh, finding my friend. How do you misplace your friend? It's a long story. You lost a whole person. Well, my friend, his name is Floon. Floon the Blagmar. So, L, you will slightly recognize this name. You're not exactly sure what who he is connected to, but you know that you have been to a sort of nobility party before, and he was there. Maybe you weren't properly introduced, but you've heard the name for sure. Uh, my friend, he's got more uh, beauty than the brains. And I worry that he may have uh, took a bad way home uh, a couple of nights ago and maybe was uh, kidnapped. Have you tried contacting the authorities? Under subsection 4, paragraph G, kidnapping of a citizen is a very serious offense. The city watch seems to have the hands full. Uh, they haven't given me the time of day. If you can uh, agree to, to help me uh, track him down with all due haste, I can offer you ten dragons, uh, gold pieces, a piece right now. And I, I can give you uh, uh, ten times of that uh, when you find my friend Floon. I mean, money does make the world go round. As you guys are talking, I've already like flipped open a page in like my little law book, and I'm drafting a contract. <laughs> Uh, in the book sure. of like what he said he's yeah. going to offer us. So you're saying ten now and ten times that when we find him? Yes. Maybe I can finally get out from that caravan down by the river and get myself an actual place. I didn't do well in divorce and I really could use some money. She did take you for everything. And I'll look to him and I'll like spin the book around. It has like this little written out contract with a line on it. And I'll say, all you have to do is sign here, Vogel. I'll pick up a quill and just sign my name as extravagant as I can. I'm just going to write the letter L. I write out Magic Dan and his last name, DeLion, D-Y-L-O-N. And I'll sign that last little spot and say, close the book, like, real forcefully, just kind of like, so we're in agreement then. I think so. Seems fair. Do you have any information that'll help us? Uh, Floon, uh, my friend, he is a, a very uh, a handsome man. He's in his uh, early 30s, uh, and he has a wavy red hair. He was dressed in a princely garb uh, when I last saw him. That was uh, uh, two nights ago. And where was he coming from? Floon and I, we were uh, drinking and uh, merry-making at the Skewered Dragon. It's a, a tavern, uh, sort of body, in an alley between Net Street and Follette Lane in the Dock Ward. If I was you, I would start there. 
Well, he left there, didn't he? Well, I left before him. I'm not sure where he went after. And where did you go? I went home. To my house in the sea ward. And where does Floon reside? He's my next door neighbor. We go drinking sometimes. And you didn't see him the next morning? Uh, no, I did not. Well, my friend Floon, he's a... He's a gigolo. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about that. In the city statute, that's a perfectly viable profession. I don't think we should all look down on that. But uh, any information you guys need to get this going? Or are we just looking for a prostitute down in the dog ward? Well, we should probably get the gold first. And don't phrase it like that. That's how the divorce that- happened. No, I just, we just grew apart. <laughs> <laughs> and I take Mussolini and I kind of stuff him into my robe. It's like, well, we better go get some rest, and also you need to pay us ten gold apiece. He will count out ten dragons apiece for each of you. Were you guys with anybody when you were partaking of the night? Uh, no, it was uh, just a me and uh, him. Uh, we were playing a, a three-dragon ante at the skewer of the dragon. Were you winning or were you losing? Uh, so the two of you were losing? So who was it that you owed money to? Uh, no, I don't owe money to anyone. Who does Floon owe money to? I think you have a, it's a little confused about my friend. He's a good fellow. Even good men fall on bad times. I'm feeling a little bit of interrogation happening here, and uh, it's making me uncomfortable. We need information if we're going to go about this task. Uh, my friend Floon, I last seen him at the Skewered Dragon. He has red hair and dresses like a prince. Did he have any potential suitors that night? I don't think so. We spent the night together. Are you a client? There's a long pause. <laughs> no, I, you have it confused. I, I swear. Uh, maybe I should take my 10 gold back. Oh, hey, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fellas, I think you're asking him too many questions. I think we got enough to go on here. You take the 10 gold back and I take you to court. Well, I forgot that I signed that. <laughs> Look, it's always better to go looking for somebody 48 hours after they go missing. All right? Because if you look in the first 48 of it, they're probably fine. So you guys leave out of the yawning portal. Um, you're still getting pats on the back and stuff from people who, who recognize you from the fray. As you exit out into the cool uh, night air, you will start to walk through these city streets. Waterdeep is a very clean and beautiful city. Um, as you sort of step out, a dray rides past you. A dray is a double-decker carriage, um, sort of like a double-decker bus. It's pulled by four horses, and it sort of, you know, makes its way uh, across the street from where you guys are at. And you start heading towards the dock ward, to the skewer dragon in the dock ward. While we're heading to the dock ward, I think I'm going to take a moment with Dan real quick, and I'm just going to, like, look over to you and be like, so, the big woman. Oh, Jagger? Yeah, I know her. What's what's the story there? Oh, nothing. I just uh, been kind of sweet on her, you know. I'm happy to see you moving on, Dan. Oh, thank you. I've been rough with the divorce. As you walk through the street, you can sort of make out in the moonlight above all of these buildings that surround you the walking statue of the Honorable Knight. The name is misleading. It doesn't actually walk. It's just this massive, humongous statue that stands... Uh, as a sort of sentinel, um, unmoving. And the Honorable Knight is a full plate armor knight with a great sword sort of stabbed into the ground. And you can see that little buildings are built into its shoulders and along the 
armor, as if people have sort of made their homes on this giant statue, but you can just see its head as you walk through the city, illuminated by moonlight. You make your way closer to the dock ward, and as you turn a corner, you find yourselves on a street that has been cordoned off by the city watch. There's like wooden sort of uh, blockades set up in the middle of the road, and there's at least a dozen city watch surrounding this whole area. Lying on the cobblestones are a half dozen corpses, seemingly victims of some kind of terrible skirmish. City watch officers have disarmed and arrested three blood-drenched humans and are in the midst of questioning witnesses. One officer that's sort of standing by the blockade sees you, and he says, All right, then, get on. Nothing to see here. It looks like there's something to see here. No, I said there's nothing to... Get on now. What happened? That's the city watch business, and you best be staying out of it. I'm going to approach as Leo Law, my old law persona, which you would recognize for sure, and I believe you would recognize for sure as just like this very like human man, blonde hair, very like slicked back, very like sleazy looking. Um, and I'm going to approach up to the guards. Hey, man, so I, I was sent down here from downtown. I, I know there's a whole thing going on down here with like you know, murder and whatever. I just need to get a statement for the city so I can kind of, like, work through this case. You know, I'm I'm a public defender, quote-unquote, but, like, I don't really have a lot going on on my plate right now. It's just really to get a statement from you guys to see where the city wants to go. Do y'all know this guy? That's my divorce attorney. That's my public defender. <laughs> the city watchman who's in front of you, he is obviously of not a very high rank. He begins to stutter. Right, well, um, yeah, you, you know, that's, uh, you know what, um, um, I'm gonna go get the captain. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. I'll be right here. We'll be all right. R- right, right. The only thing that you notice is the prisoners are, like, just mean-mugging the crap out of you. I think with that, like, noticing that they're mean-mugging me, I'm going to take, like, a slink back into the crowd again, and, like, as I'm kind of getting further away, like, turn back into cam and, like, come back to the group. We figure anything out, or, like, what's what's going on here? Where did you go? I had to pee. We drank a lot at the bar. You won't believe it. I saw my divorce attorney here. I, I thought he's clear off in another city. Who was your divorce attorney? Oh, yeah, it was Leo Law. I saw a bunch of his, uh, his posters about. I heard he's fantastic, but I heard he's not really practicing right now, so you're going to have to maybe find someone new for the time being. Well, he was just here. You know, not practicing divorce law. I can't imagine if he was here. I don't think he's getting divorced again. Yeah, because I already live in a caravan down by the river thanks to Leo Law. I'm sure he did his best. So you guys cut over a block and head back down, heading towards the dock ward. And that's where we're end for tonight. Thank you to Hoodie Cat for allowing us to record here. It's been awesome. I'm Dungeon Lord J, and this has been Quest. Hey, you know, I just thought of something, fellas. We chopped off that troll's arm, and it was moving, and I never saw it stop. We smash cut to, they're in the city street, there is a troll arm crawling its way, right? And it sort of stops for a second. Magic Dan.
and begins crawling that direction. <laughs> if you don't think that troll art is coming back, oh, I know it. It's so exciting. It's like, like inchworming. Yes. It's not bloody. No, no. <laughs> Almost like the uh, was it thing from? Yeah, the thing from. It'll be under a cloak and it'll pull back. <laughs> a face drawn on it that looks angry. Attention, all game enthusiasts. Looking for a place where board games and tabletop adventures come alive? Introducing Hoodie Cat Game Lounge. Whether you're painting the finest miniatures or seeking thrilling adventures in our dungeon-inspired game room, we've got the perfect setting. Gathering with friends for some friendly competition is so easy at Hoodie Cat Game Lounge. For just $5, try out any game in our expansive collection. And if you love it, we'll take $5 off the sale price. It's a win-win. Imagine the sounds of dice rolling, card shuffling, and tokens moving across the board. Every unexpected turn of the game makes these meetups memorable, transforming an ordinary evening into an unforgettable one. Hoodie Cat Game Lounge is located in the heart of the Centerpoint shops at Tanger Outlets in North Charleston. So pull up a chair at Hoodie Cat Game Lounge, where your next adventure awaits.